everyone, and welcome to Minute 52 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today, once again, is Mark Hoffmeyer of Deep Lucy, the podcast, and also of Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back, Mark. Hi, Movie Rob. Thanks for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs> I, I think you'd you'd rather have been hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Just every time I hear that, I, I, yeah. All right, we'll get we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to, into it. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, because the, the 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 end of this, the end of this this minute is completely what you just said. Because do you realize how? Do you have any idea how glad I'd be if you had? <laughs> but we'll we'll leave that as a teaser for people. They have to get there first. So minute fifty-two begins with Dell getting angry at the dispatcher, and ends with a shot of snow on the ground outside of the car. So yesterday's minute, we had Neil get punched up by this uh, taxi dispatcher, and Dell almost run over his head like a squash it like a uh, like a melon. And the dispatcher got a little upset and told Dell he's got to move his car. So Dell responds, what is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Can't you see we've, we've got an injured man down on the streets? Now I'll move my car, but I want you to help him up. So first of all, this is, this is I think, the first time in the entire movie that Dell swears. Yeah. I mean, I mean he drops the a-hole line. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, so but- it's... It, it shows that he has gotten a little bit upset about what's going on. I mean, you know, you you get you know the way the way that he says it. I mean, it took fifty two minutes for him to actually swear in the movie, so that's pretty good too. You, you have a big cuddly bear, and they're going to get mad occasionally, but they're most of the time they're just a nice that's stuffed true. bear, adorable stuffed bear. And now he's he's going full mama bear on this guy because his buddy got hurt. Yeah, but but I mean, part of the problem is is that he he's quite naive because he he doesn't really know what happened. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned it a little bit yesterday that, that, you know, he's shown up in this situation. Yes, he wants to be as friendly as possible to Neil. But the bottom line is, is that he has no idea why Neil got punched, what Neil was doing. You know, did he deserve it? Did he not deserve it? Who knows? I feel like he knows. He knows that Neil is a hot-tempered maniac. And if he sees him on the ground next to a large, burly man who looks angry, he could probably put two and two together. What do you right okay that, that okay, all right, maybe you know he he must say to himself, all right, you know Neil knows how to cross the line, and that's what must like he have didn't happened. deserve it, did he deserve he to get one punch KO'd by a large burly man no yeah yes with with slabs of meat for mittens. Oh, man. you know. <laughs> where's goon mark when you need oh, him yeah. goon mark would t- <laughs> goon mark would take care of this guy, oh man. <laughs> I would, I would, I would. Actually, he wouldn't. That's the problem. Good oh, Mark, yeah, wouldn't. Mark wouldn't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> That's right. Wait, everyone got out? <laughs> yeah, I would be, no, I'd be like airport, I'd be TSA Mark in this scene. Oh, TSA okay. Mark would just right, be doing rounders and looking at himself in the mirror, like in the, in the reflection of himself in the window of the airport. <laughs> you know, he'd be kind of bundled up. He would just, you know, probably, the way I see this guy, it's cold. TSA Mark, it's November, Thanksgiving soon. He's cold. 
it's a good gig though. So he wants to keep it. You know, you keep a job with benefits. He's been there for a little while, a little while, but he's becoming a little bit bitter about his job. Yeah. And he got a new haircut and he's looking yeah. at himself. And that's when this all goes on. <laughs> I, I love how you're able to just, you know, give us, give us so much background to, to everything that TSA Mark. Yeah, he's a good, that's great. TSA Mark's a good guy. He, I wouldn't say he's most trustworthy. He does owe people money, but he will pay it back. But you do have to remember this is, this is 14 years before 9-11. So did they have TSA at the time? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, why not? They just didn't have as much power. I'll be airport security, Mark. <laughs> airport security, oh, okay. Mark. It's basically a rental cop, <laughs> what you call it. So I don't have a gun. You know, what, what, what we saw in Die Hard 2, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're one of those, you're one of those cops in, in the airport. Yeah. I'm, you know, Carmine, you know, you got Carmine as your boss. Oh, so I got sent there. Because of an incident on, you know, well, it had something to do with the drug locker. They had to move me away to the airport to to watch the outside. Oh. Yeah. So I'm kind of in, but people like me, they just know I have a few troubles. Right. Yeah. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. But then I, I got can, clean. I, can I got clean at the airport and I got a haircut and I'm checking myself out. <laughs> now, I, I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here because we mentioned this yesterday. What is Dell doing here? How did he get here? Because you, you know, because yeah. now, now I did a little bit of research on this. So, if you're talking about the airport, the it's it's called the Lambert Airport, Lambert Airport in St. Louis. Okay, so I I checked to see how many car rental agencies they have. Now, obviously, I can't check how many car rental agencies they had back in 1987, but I was able to check now. So I found that they have seven car rental agencies. Okay, and they're almost entirely all located in this on the same street, which is called Natural Bridge Road. Okay, so I checked the distance from that street to the airport. Okay, so you can take a train, which is like completely absurd. You can take a train from the airport. It takes you all the way across the city and back. You have to like transfer on the from the train and stuff like that. It'll take you 43 minutes to go on a train to get to, to Natural Bridge Road, which is only two and a half miles away from the airport. Okay, so you get a 43-minute trip if you're going to take the train. Now, you can get a taxi, and the taxi will take you four minutes to get there. You can rent a, a town car, which will also take you four minutes to get there, or you can actually walk. How long do you think it would take you to walk the 3.6 kilometers or 2.2 miles? Well, it's snowing. To get to, the, to, get to your car. It's snowing. There's probably traffic. So two. All right. So two point two. You said. Yeah. I could get there in forty minutes. Okay. So I mean, again, the answer that I found online is that to walk it would take you forty three minutes. So that's pretty good, Mark. That's very close. So what the irony is that last week we talked about the fact that that Neil had to walk back. So Neil had a forty five minute walk, basically. But I assume that this this forty three minute walk doesn't take you across the tarmac. No, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> that's cr- you know he was right by those planes. Yes, completely. <laughs> but I, I just find it really so. Like whenever I've rented a car from an airport, you don't drive past the airport again unless you're picking someone up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dell does not have the best sense of direction now. Okay, but still, you're not gonna. I mean, based on where the street Natural Bridge Road is. You don't need to pass the airport to get on the freeway. Well, you know, Dell is a and traveling he salesman. Think, and he doesn't think that Neil's there because Neil 
you know, is going his own way. Neil has gone to Marathon and Marathon has already taken him to Natural Bridge Road in order to get his, you know, from to get his car from Marathon. And then he had to walk back. So we're talking, let's say, let's say this is an hour and a half, two hours after the two of them split up. Mm -hmm. So again, what the hell is Dell doing back at the airport unless he's looking to to find someone who's interested in going to Chicago with him? Yeah. I mean, he is because, okay, so he's traveling salesman. We know he doesn't really have anywhere to go. He knows the roads. He knows how to get hotel rooms. He knows how to get cars. Maybe he didn't see Neil at the area, so he figured he'd go back and check and see if he's waiting for a cab. I don't know. I don't know. Again, it it. This is something that we'll never be able Very to do, obviously. But but something is strange. You know and and we talked about the fact yesterday that he was swerving on his way there, and he wasn't like swerving yeah, was because odd. because Neil's uh, luggage is on the ground or something like that. He's just swerving for no particular. Maybe he was trying to take his jacket off or put his jacket on. But we'll, we'll get there. He later. would not have seen Neil at all. <laughs> There's no way to see Neil. But you know, and that's what I love about 90 minute movies. They leave a lot of room for uh, questions like this. Because no, but this isn't even mentioned in the script. The script doesn't even mention it. Oh, wow. Anymore. Yada, yada, yada. You know, Maybe you could be like, oh, I forgot. I forgot my wallet. And I was coming back. Or I don't know. They have great hot dogs here. So I was going to go back and get some. Yeah, could be. St. Louis. What's St. Louis known for? Are there St. Louis dogs? Are those are St. Louis dogs? No, that's Chicago dogs. They're the ones with pickles on them. You do a slab of pickle. Is there a St. Louis dog? I don't know. No clue. Do you think Jim... We, we talked Candy about we, we talked about hot dogs a few weeks ago, so I don't really remember. I, I know that hot dogs originated; they they were very popular in the Midwest when they first started around the the, the turn of the nineteen nineteen hundreds. So I, I don't remember. For some reason, I'm thinking okay. maybe it was even in St. Louis. I don't know. St. Louis, what's a St. Louis style hot dog? It is a quarter pound all beef hot dog topped with barbecue sauce, shredded provolone cheese, and crumbled. Red Hot Ripplets. Okay. I guess so. Maybe that's what they'll want to... <laughs> I, don't yeah, know if you'd go to... I don't know if you go to the airport to buy it, but okay. <laughs> you know, I, in the Atlanta airport, I'm pretty sure they had a Chicago Dogs Yeah, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to the airport to go buy a hot dog. You'd find some other place on the way. And, well... I mean, we know, we know that, Atlanta, we know that Dell's not in a rush. That, that, that is definitely true because anyone who's seen the movie knows that Dell really has nowhere to go, but still. But maybe he knows the people in the airport because he's through there a lot and he knows the, he knows he can have a good conversation with people because he's lonely. It could be. Need the hot okay, dogs. There you go. You got it. You, you hit, you hit it right on the nose. Do you think he would purposely lock himself in an airport like Tom Hanks from the terminal just to, you know, have friends? <laughs> No, I don't think no Dell will do that. Because Dell Dell can have friends anywhere he goes. Yeah, he doesn't, he's a friendly yeah. fella. He's he's overly friendly. With a lot of sadness in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> and smelly feet. Yes. Which we'll get to later this week also. Don't worry. <laughs> so Neil so Neil hears Dell say you know, tell the cab dispatcher to to help him up and he like says, No, <laughs> <laughs> and the response is, my pleasure. And he gets this big grin on his face, and we see him, you know, tightening his, his gloves on his hands. And then 
we we get a great shot of, of Neil. We have a wide shot of Neil on the ground, and we see his bags strewn around him and stuff like that. And we see Dell get into the car, and the dispatcher moves forward, and then we get a close shot, a close up shot of him, and he reaches out his hand and forcibly grabs in between Neil's legs. Now, again, thankfully they don't show us how he's doing this, but do you really think it's it's physically possible to lift someone up that way? I mean, I guess if you get pants and belt. Like so, like what's one hand gets the balls and the other one grabs onto the the belt loop, know. you know the the yeah. belt, and then you drag, because there's gonna be some rippage. Because yes. Steve Martin's maybe like a buck eighty. <laughs> yes. And maybe you know when someone does that, I feel like that motivates the person on the ground to get yes. up as well. <laughs> but it didn't in this case apparently. <laughs> no, it did not. No, he was lifted by his. <sighs> That's a. TSA Mark should have gotten involved. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to get there. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna mention TSA Mark in a oh. few seconds. So there you go. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you think TSA Mark is the one of driving course. by? Who else would it be? Whoa. Gotta be TSA Mark. Yeah, you're right. TSA Mark. Yeah, he got the St. Louis danger symbol and he drove to that yeah. area. And then like we hear this big groaning sound from, from Neil. And then the shot changes and we see the two of them inside the car. You know, once again, we get this this 80s upbeat synthesizer music that, that returns. And we get a, a clear view of this car. So the, the car that Dell is driving is a 1986 Chrysler LeBaron Town & Country. Now, it's actually a modified version of it. They they bought it and they they, they changed a lot of things on, on the car itself for the movie. Now, how much do you think it would cost to buy a used Chrysler LeBaron Town & Country from 1986 today? Six five hundred. Okay, so you can get one for that price, but the, for if you want one in good shape, it's going to cost you anywhere between twelve thousand and twenty three thousand dollars. I saw people selling online uh, for the this car for twenty three thousand dollars. That's just absurd. That a thirty five year old car because planes, trains, and automobiles. It could be. It could be. Someone made a replica of it. That yes, I saw amazing. that replica. That was that was very cool. The replica. It's one of these. So ugly, it's beautiful right. cars. Exactly. I would drive it. <laughs> and also, too, uh, I, I'll, I'll let you get through right. Well, first of all, tangents, they only made no, they only made uh, eleven hundred cars each year. It was it was a limited quantity. Mm. Do you know where they assemble these cars? Detroit, in St. Louis. Oh, which is really cool. Well, that's a pretty nice Easter egg in there. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. neat. And because this is not the real car, you actually see that it. <laughs> Later on in the minute, we get to see that the, the the name of the car is Farm and Country instead of you know Town and Country. That's all. Turbo. And, and it says Grand Detroit Farm and Country Turbo. So Ooh, I, Detroit. I, I like the way they did that. Yeah, I'm. You know, maybe I, I pulled that from my subconscious. Could be. Could be. I mean, Detroit was the major manufacturer. Yes, it definitely was. Was it still rolling in '87? Yeah. When was Roger and me? Roger and me was 89. Oh, okay. So not yet. So they're still still in motion. Yeah. And this probably would have been made before the date of this. Yeah. I got to say, real quick, convertibles in road trip movies. There are so many of them. So Mad Love, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, 
11 of 45, Excess Baggage, Thelma and Louise, Rain Man, Tommy Boy, Crossroads, Hangover, Bad Grandpa, Wild at Heart, uh, Interstate 66, and Ferris Bueller, not a road trip movie, but they're driving around, True Romance. Then we have The Reavers, we have Smokey and the Bandit, we have The Graduate, Runaway Bride. You know how many convertibles are just, uh, are, are a, kind of a staple of road trip well, I think I think I think there's a reason that they do that. I think they do it so that we can actually see the characters in the car when they're when they're oh, taking the sure. shot. I'm just you know that I just love it. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. You put them up on the it's process great. trailer, do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and it also you know it, it, there's a lot more freedom. You can see the arms. You could capture the open road. Right. I think it's more thematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that that convertibles are such a staple of road trip cinema because you know, like you said, you can stand up, you can have fun, it can be free. I mean, I, I think my favorite convertible, though, is in Wild at Heart, watching Laura Dern and Nick Cage rip it up in that movie in that convertible. Okay. It's probably like that. my – that's my – that – Tommy Boy 2 gets a lot of gags out of its convertible, too. Right. That movie stretches that. <laughs> I mean, Fear and Loathings, Thelma and Louise, you can't really forget that, Rain Man. But if I had to pick two, I'd say Wild at Heart and Tommy Boy. Those are my favorite convertibles. Cool. Very good. Now, I think in this movie they they sort of waste the fact that it's a convertible because they never open it. Yeah. You know, later on it gets mm-hmm. burnt, and then you get to see into the car. Yeah. But, but not because you know it's not something that they do on their own. So not really sure about that. That's true. So they got a convertible, but then they just burn the top off. Yeah. <laughs> then we we see the the car driving on on the highway. We see the license plate. We see that it is indeed a St. Louis license plate, which. And it has an expiration date of December 87. So, you know, the they, the the car rental company only has another month to, to renew this car. And it also mentions the nickname of the state of Missouri. Do you know what the nickname is? Was the hot dog state. It's the show me state. Oh, yeah. I should have known. And the reason that, that it's called it. – so I went and checked why is it called the show me state. So apparently there was a congressman in 1899 – that that made a statement and said, I come from a state that raises corn and cotton, cockleburs and Democrats, and frothy eloquence neither convinces nor satisfies me. I'm from Missouri, and you have got to show me. So oh. they named it the show me state because of that. It's basically he's saying I'm skeptical of the matter and not easily convinced. You got to show me in order to do it. Now a few other Ooh, I'm learning things every yeah, day. A few other nicknames for Missouri are the the Lead State, the Boolean State, the Ozark State, the Mother of the West, the Iron Mountain State, Pennsylvania of the West. I don't know why they call it that. It's also known as the Cave State because there are more than seventy three hundred caves that are in the state. It is second only to what 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 state do you think has the most caves? I don't have the number, but I know that that this movie, this this state is the second largest, or has the second largest number of okay. of caves. Well, that's tough, right? So, I feel like I want to say maybe there's a lot of caves in Tennessee. I mean, but then you can also go out west. I'm just gonna take a guess and say Pennsylvania. No, you should have gone with your gut. It was Tennessee. Oh, <laughs> I talked myself out of it. Tennessee was the first thing I had on my mind. There you go. Oh. <laughs> so I must have known that from somewhere too. Jeez Louise. See, that's the thing. We, we, we all get these things in our heads, you know, just little bits of trivia here and there, and we, we got to sometimes go with our gut with these type of things. Mm-hmm. 
And what what is the well, what funny. is the uh, state food of Missouri? What do you think? Uh, state food of Missouri. It is, <sighs> and it's not a hot dog. I'll, I'll, I'll already stop you at that point. All right. So state food of Missouri. 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 Um, kimchi. It is ice cream. Oh, that makes sense. Isn't like uh, there's some big ice cream manufacturers. Well, I know Bluebell's in Iowa or Nebraska. Is there a big ice cream manufacturer in St. Louis? Absolutely no. The state song is the Missouri Waltz, which I don't really know how it sounds or anything like that. It was recorded by a lot of different people over the years, but the they have a famous story with with Truman. Okay, Harry Truman is the only president that was from Missouri, and he was once asked what's his attitude towards the song and his response was i can take it or leave it is it really my favorite no do you play it often no is margaret ever heard singing it no so what is the president's reaction to the song's adoption by missouri as a state song and his answer was see answer to the first question Ooh, <laughs> meaning sassy. i can take it or leave it Ooh, that's some sassy <laughs> stuff right there and apparently he was in a uh, tv interview at one point where they they say that that you know he where he says if you let me say what i think i don't give a and then he pauses about it but i can't say it out loud because it's the song of missouri it's as bad as the star spangled banner as far as music is concerned oh wow so truman wasn't really the biggest fan neither of the missouri waltz nor of the star spangled banner Truman wasn't having a so, great day uh, apparently not so there's there's a whole bunch of musicians that were actually born in Missouri. You have Chuck Berry was born in, in Missouri. Josephine Baker, mm-hmm. Tina Turner, wow, Cheryl Crow, uh, Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers, and then the rappers Nelly Chingy and Akon were were all from uh, St. Louis. Did you know that uh, the most famous writer from uh, missouri who would you think it is any clue okay so all right missouri writer the most famous writer it's stephanie myers who's myers twilight oh stephanie myers i thought you said sorry i thought you said it's definitely myers i didn't hear the <laughs> i didn't hear you said stephanie no 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 it's uh mark twain oh that was my second guess mark mark twain grew up in hannibal Hannibal, Missouri, and the stories of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn are set in that town. I'm a lit major, and I uh, should know this. <laughs> All right, a few other people that were born in Missouri. Um, Edwin Hubble, Brad Pitt, hey. and Walt Disney. Wow. It's a big lineup right there. You could take the top five and put it up against yeah. those people. That's true. But you don't, you don't know what other states but have. Chuck so. Berry... You know, if you if you get the time, you can try to uh, try Chuck to figure out. Chuck Berry, Mark Twain, Tina Turner, Walt Disney, and Brad Pitt. That's <laughs> that's a top five. Yeah, that is definitely. Well, I guess, true. Yeah, I don't want to put Truman yeah. in there. Nah, I like my five. I got a str- that's a strong five. Yeah, I think that's a strong five. I do. Wow, I I would agree with you on that. So then we get to see the two of them inside the car, and Dell just starts blabbing along. He says, "You know." I had a feeling that when we parted ways, somehow, somehow, someday, our paths would cross again. And he looks at, at Neil and goes, are you all right? 
Never seen the guy get picked up by his testicles before. <laughs> Lucky thing for you that TSA Mark passed by when he did. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be lift, lifting up your schnuts to tie your shoes. So, I mean, again, he, he's talking about his testicles by saying lifting up your schnuts. I, I tried looking it up and I, I found that, that it's it's similar to a Yiddish word for the word nuts. But I, I don't know if that's what he's really referring to by the way he says it. Because, because like, is he saying that, that, that it was all stretched out? Is that what he's trying to yeah, say here? Yeah, because they would have been, yeah, like they're they're by the, oh gosh, geez, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're by all the way feet. down to the shoes. <laughs> Oof, that'd be, yeah. that's, some bad, that's some bad grandpa Johnny Knoxville. No, that's like much longer than that. I didn't want to research yeah, that, how far you could stretch it. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't, we don't need to. We don't really need to to, to go into that, <laughs> but uh, and and like Dell laughs as he's apologizing. You know, it's like he 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 knows how to to make himself laugh at everything that 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 he says. And he goes, "I'm sorry, that's terrible." And he goes, "Do you have any idea how glad I am I didn't kill you?" And then I'll I'll let you respond how 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 Neil responds. Do you remember? Do you have any idea how glad I'd be if you had? <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, come on, pal. You don't mean that. So, I mean, it, it's great. The, the the comedic timing of this is great. But you know, I wonder how they did it. Did did Steve Martin need to like take a uh, a puff of helium beforehand mm. or something like that in order to do it? Uh, it's not that high. So in Hot Shots Part Two, when a guy in a in a in a Muay Thai fight gets his balls hit so hard they come out of his mouth and he goes you win right like that's helium this is right. more of a this is more of a do you have any idea like that martin did it himself i don't think he had to puff on right. anything okay because if it would have gone too much it would have been um too it would have been farce i guess if it went that far but no this still yeah. right okay okay that's fair now i mean dell is basically trying to cheer him up here you know he's he's uh not doing a great job, but he's still trying. Come on, Val, you don't really mean that. I tried to research. So I mean, um, I tried to research high voices and and nut shots, and they're really like they went all the way back to the medieval ages where they say that people would get them removed to keep so their voice people's voices didn't deepen. I and then oh, wow. also um, they talked about how a lot of people, which it wouldn't explain this voice, but when they get hit, they kind of talking a very breathy voice like oh my gosh like oh like hard to breathe but this is played right. kind of comically but it got me thinking which scene do you like better do you like steve martin saying do you have any idea how glad i'd be if you had or in the great escape when they're drinking the the liquor and all of them say wow wow uh, i think i think the wows are better okay sorry yeah i think the wows are better than that one i know i know there's no um you know, there's no groin strikes in these scenes, but their voices are modulated a little bit. So I wanted to see which one you like yeah. better. No, I, I I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, again, the thing with the the Great Escape is is that there's nothing in the cup when they're drinking it. They're all just <laughs> pretending to drink, and then you know they're trying to get their biggest wows out, you know, the whole time. But so yes, but but that's great. See, there we got some sort of connection between between the two. That's right. So thank you for that. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just started thinking about yeah, that, man. and I was like, "I'm going to do it." So yeah, why not? Yeah, hey, it works. But it's a it's a good scene. I mean, right. I, you know, I love a good I love yeah. a good ball gag. I mean, 
Yeah. This one's not. Over- it works here. I've never seen a ball gag like this before. I've, you, you see, you know. It's very unique. You see nut shots in movies, but you never, like, I just had to rewatch every single Jackass movie for a thing for fandom. They interviewed Johnny Knoxville and they asked him questions based on the data I came up with. And I had to count every nut, nut strike in the uh, Jackass movies. None of them are come close to this one, I would say. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe you need to tell Johnny Knoxville that he should watch this movie. Yeah, someone should and be then picked up. use that for things in the future. And if anything rips off, it's not my fault. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> now, one of the things that I looked up when we were talking before about the, the word schnutz, which I couldn't really figure out exactly where it's coming from. But in my search for it, I found that it's actually I found it in the Pennsylvania Dutch Dictionary. So, again, the Amish Dictionary where the term der schnutz is actually a term of endearment for a child, which, <laughs> which was just, I just found that really funny, that, 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 that type of connection between it. <laughs> so the, and then the, the minute ends by, we get a shot of the, the snow on the ground as, as the, the car is driving past. And that's pretty much how this minute ends. And you have a whole, you know, not much happens, but a lot happens. But there's yeah. another gag in this. There's another story. He gets picked up by his nuts and then he has that voice. Like there's, these are that's complete right. minutes right here and I enjoy it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Completely. So the, the, the script again has a little bit of extended dialogue between the two of them. So when Dale screams at the dispatcher, he says, hey, hold your water, wise ass. We've got an injured man in the street. Right under your damn nose. You get off your fat duff and help him up. I'll move my car. So it's a little wordy. I think it's better the way they do it in the movie, where he just says, you're an insensitive ass, and that's it. You know, I think that just works a little better. And after he says this, instead of Neil saying no, you see Neil just shake his head to, no, don't do that, you know, without even having to say it. But, you know, that works. And then when they're sitting in the car, then Dell says to Neil, that son of a bitch was mad. I swear, if that cop, and we'll put in parentheses, TSA Mark, hadn't strolled past, you'd be lifting up your balls to tie your shoes. <laughs> so, again, I wonder if the, the word schnutz was changed by John Candy. Because obviously in the script, it doesn't doesn't mention that. I mean, the MPAA does get weird about things, too. They asked about the MPAA and all the F-bombs and that kind of stuff. So I wonder. If, so they're going to cut out. They're going to cut out here. I mean, I think saying schnucks instead of balls. I mean, I guess it's R-rated already. But I mean, yeah, maybe schnucks is less abrasive than balls. I guess so. Could be. This movie has a 7.6 on IMDb, 138,000 votes. Why is it so low? <laughs> that's high so i deal with a lot of scores and that's that's a good one right there that's pretty yeah yeah i just want to let right. you know i mean that. i know that i know that at the first week when when jay was on we, we looked at the rotten tomatoes and we couldn't figure out why there were like six people who didn't like the movie on rotten tomatoes or something like that it's like what what could you not like about this movie yeah and it's always it seems like a very superficial thing that they don't like it's annoying right i mean this is this is one of ebert's favorite movies mm-hmm you know, it's listed in, in with his favorite movies. I guess the thing for me, though, is that this movie um, was a hit and this movie is played every year. I mean, I, growing up, this was always on this movie. Yeah. So when I see a 92 or a 7.6, it doesn't bother me because I know that it's essentially ingrained in our society. But if it's 
if it didn't do well and it was kind of a cult classic and it was this low, I'd be annoyed about it. Does that make sense? But since it, yeah, it's a, it's a ginormous movie. Uh, and then, like with inflation, right? Like the let's see, how much did it make with inflation? Oh, are they not made, doing this. Uh, it made like fifty million or something like that. This so with inflated fifty uh, inflated uh, adjusted domestic box office. So in the in the U.S. with adjusted for inflation, it would make a hundred. It would be one hundred fifteen million. Wow, which is pretty good for a comedy coming out at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean this one had legs. It was in the theaters for what fourteen weeks. And that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know less movies were released, so I deal with a lot. I work on the Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong podcast, and every week when we do a movie, I cover the box office for the movie and its run. And nowadays, you know, a movie has a good six weeks. In the past, movies definitely lasted longer. But there are some exceptions where, you know, like, like um, Beverly Hills Cop in 84 had one of the longest. I know the theaters, there weren't as many movies out. There were, there were less theaters, blah, 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 blah less screens to show on but that run that beverly hills cop it was like in the theater for a year like you look at titanic that was in the theater forever avatar i love watching yeah. movies that just have really long uh impressive box office runs and this was one of them i remember as a kid so when return of the jedi came out it came out in the end of may and i remember seeing it in the theater in february the following february wow yeah and you know and and I mean, mm -hmm. that was that's the movie I've seen the most of any movie in the theater. I think I saw it like 17 times in the theater over the course of that year. Wow. And I remember the ads, you know, in the in the newspapers every week, you know, like held over 36 weeks or whatever it was, you know, that type of thing. So, yeah. Wow. And this one started in, you probably already talked about this, but it started in 1,118 theaters and it peaked at 1684. Wow. For that, so, for the 80s, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, people... People were all about this. This is pretty cool. I mean, this had a and it had a heck of a and it made more in its let's see fifth and sixth weekend than it did in its third and fourth. So word of mouth right. kept this movie going. No, but its fifth and sixth weekend were 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 Christmas time because this came yeah. out in November. But that's still impressive though. Like a fifth and sixth yeah. weekend with all the competition out because it was it was it was seventh ranked during that time. So there are seven movies ahead of it, and it was still making four million even with families right. out that's pretty good right it's true it's a good yeah. point and uh, it'll never live down the fact that three men and a baby out 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 did it the first weekend <laughs> when the two of them were both both came out same weekend you couldn't match Selleck dancing <laughs> and gutenberg at that time that was like that's right that that's was true. money they were they were cashing checks that movie made yes. so much money oh my gosh yeah completely all right, so every day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track where either myself or my guest will give a little short story about something that, that happened to one of us along the way on, you know, some adventure, misadventure, something that happened uh, over the course of the journey of life. So, Mark, you got another story for us? Yeah, I almost got killed in San Francisco. Or St. Louis. <laughs> I almost, I, so, oh, so adjusted for inflation – Three men and a baby made three hundred and eighty-four million. Wow, it's nuts. Uh, so yeah, nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. But yeah, I I was in St. Louis. I used to work Comic Cons. I used to manage Comic Cons, and I would go to St. Louis to manage the shows. One day there was a like a wild snowstorm, and the next day it warmed up. But what was what was happening was there were large chunks of ice falling off of the skyscrapers. And one of our accountants on our team, a piece of ice fell from the hotel and busted his nose wide open because all the ice was melting so rapidly and falling off of the tall buildings. 
my buddy had this idea to go walk to this diner in the middle of downtown with ice chunks falling everywhere. And I, I clung to the side of the, the buildings as close as I could because I was like, I don't want to have an ice chunk murder me because falling from 50 floors would take my head off. 10 floors would take my head off. And I was walking, uh, hanging close, and I swear an ice chunk landed three feet from me, exploded. I felt a ton of the ice blast against me. Uh, it, like I didn't get any bruises or anything, but it hurt. But if I had walking had walked a little slower, if I was in that spot three feet from me, I would have had my head smashed. So I almost got Whoa. I almost got wiped out by a large ice chunk in St. Louis. Wow. That is a great story. I mean, it's also great that it didn't it didn't fall on you in the end, so that's good. I like the fact that you almost got killed. I am still alive. Killed. There you go. And because otherwise, uh, you know, TSA goon Mark wouldn't wouldn't be around. That was scary. It shook me. It shook me big. And I got mad at my buddy. I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And he's like, well, you came. Well, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> um, I, but I, you know, I grew up in Florida and Georgia, right? Or, you know, I, I spent my, my first seven years in Wisconsin. But when, you know, seven and you move away and you move to Florida, you lose every, you don't, you don't remember snow anymore. So I, I didn't I didn't even think about the the quick warming would melt the ice, which would cause massive ice chunks to fall. Oof, like meteorites in the movie Armageddon. Yeah. But yeah, that really <laughs> shook me. That really shook me. That was a freaky thing. Wow. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're here to talk to us. So that's good. Yeah. All right. You want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, you can go to movies films to flicks, movies films on F L I X. You can go to Deep Blue Sea the podcast. You can. Just type in Movie Stones of Flicks or Deep Blue Sea. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. You can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you know what? Please rate, review, and subscribe. We, we would love that. That'd be awesome. All right. And while you're doing that, you can also go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcast you might be using to listen to this show. And to find me, just do a quick search for a Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or go to our website. So until tomorrow, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs>